This is Joan Boney speaking. Do you have anything at all on your calendar that you dread? Is there anything approaching that you dread? If you do, we really need to resolve that immediately by encouraging you to pray over that until you don't dread it. If you dread it over and over and over, every time it comes to your mind, pray again. That's not weak faith. Jesus had told us the story about the woman, the widow woman that went before the judge. I think it's Luke 18. She went before the judge, and he didn't fear anybody. And he was not going to pay any attention to her, basically. But because she kept pestering him, he did pay attention. God used that, Jesus used that, as an example of continuing to pray. Be persistent in prayer until the matter is solved. In Matthew 6, Jesus said, Take no thought for the morrow. Take no thought for tomorrow. How is that possible? It's possible through prayer. If there's anything at all that troubles you about tomorrow, anything you're concerned about, stop and pray. If it's a doctor's appointment, there have been times that I was concerned about it and I didn't like what was happening and I would pray about it and finally it kept coming back to me over and over and over that I didn't like it and I would just find another doctor. There are several times I've done that. You don't have to go to that one doctor. There could be someone else who could help you without troubling you. Some doctors scare you to death. This what happened to be, in my case, an eye doctor. They diagnosed me with having glaucoma. One doctor that I went to in a previous city, he said, oh, your eye test showed up very good. The thing I'm concerned about is your loss of vision. He scared me to death. I came home that day and was just trembling. And I was saying, oh, God, please don't let me lose my vision. Please don't let this happen to me. That was about 10 or 15 years ago. So the next, I think that same day I called him, called the office and said, I'm really concerned. And he sent word back or called me back. I don't know which, I don't remember which. But basically he said, oh, are you concerned about your vision? He's the one that said he was concerned about my loss of vision. Turns out that I have a very mild case of glaucoma. I take drops in my eyes at night. I don't even have to take it but once a day. But when I moved to Colorado, I went to an eye doctor, and he said, oh, you have such a mild case of glaucoma. You don't even need to come back for a year. They didn't even care. They didn't even have me come back and do pressure. One of those doctors was having me come every four months and do pressure. Check pressure. 
and the others were having me come every six months. And this one in Colorado gave me all kinds of tests and said, you have a very mild case of glaucoma, the lowest level. Well, they didn't tell me that, the others. I would say that they wanted money from Medicare. I believe that's right. So if you are troubled about something, it could be God showing you that something's wrong about this situation. You might need to find another person to work with on that subject. But you don't you can't keep going to a place where you dread it so badly. That's so contrary to these scriptures. Let's read this section of scripture in Matthew chapter 6. Let's back up here to Let's back up to Matthew 6:19. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. How do you do that? I believe you lay up treasures in heaven every time you decide to do a specific scripture. I believe you store up another treasure in heaven. No one can steal those treasures. And Jesus says, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break, do not break through nor steal. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon the earth. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. I want my treasure to be the scriptures. The scriptures and being born again, both of those things are like that pearl of great price. Nothing equals it. You want to protect it at all costs. Nothing equals it. Then Jesus says in Matthew 6, starting at verse 25, I say unto you, Take no thought for your life what ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap. Nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you can, by taking thought, add one cubit unto his stature? This is a totally different way of life from the world. It's a totally different way of life than some of us have learned in our lives. Plan ahead. Plan for the future, plan. No, 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 no. Let's trust God instead. Which is better, 
to plan or to trust God. I certainly wouldn't want to trust some human. I, I would much rather, rather trust God and keep my trust in God. For I've had experience with God. It's sort of like David. Saul tried to dress him in his armor before he went out to fight Goliath. And David said, I can't wear these, for I have not proved them. I think that's First Samuel 17. I have not proved them. But David had proved that slingshot. He had used it out before in dealing with lions and bears and protecting his sheep. He knew it would work. So he went forth with a slingshot. He went and picked him out a few stones out of the river or the brook to fight Goliath with because he knew he could do that. I know these scriptures work. I've had major tests in standing on the word of God and dealing with scriptures and taking thoughts captive and dealing with destructive thoughts and dealing with the things that life brings to us, the trials of life. And the scriptures that God has given me have never failed me, never once. There was one time, a this happened back years ago in 75, 76, when I owned my business in Dallas. It was an American Indian arts business. At that time, American Indian arts all over the United States were big business. And where there's big business, there's money. Where there's money, there's corruption. We had these... Indian jewelry salesmen coming into Dallas with cheap jewelry and they would rent a motel room and sell jewelry at less 70%. The Dallas Morning News came to me and asked me if I would write an article about the purchase of Indian jewelry, which I did. A few weeks after that was published in the Dallas Morning News, a little fat man came into my shop and I noticed immediately that he had on a tie and was wearing a pair of handcuffs on his tie. He said, little lady, do you know a so-and-so? And I said, no, I really don't. And he said, well, he knows you because he's suing you for a million dollars. I was just stunned. I hadn't, I didn't even know the man. What it was is he was one of those salesmen that came and sold that cheap jewelry, rented a motel room, sold the cheap jewelry, and he had figured out another way to try to get money. And what it was is he filed a lawsuit about several reputable Indian jewelry merchants in Dallas and Fort Worth. He was suing the Better Business Bureau of Dallas and Fort Worth and several dealers of American Indian Arts, and he attached us all to a multi-million dollar lawsuit claiming that we were trying to keep him from doing business in Dallas. It was so silly that when they first got the papers of the lawsuit, I couldn't even take it seriously enough to file the papers. I just threw it over in the office on the cabinet. Then about two days later, I thought, now wait a minute, if I don't, if I don't uh, respond to this thing, that guy could get a judgment against me and take all of my merchandise and close down my business. So I hired an attorney. 
God had taught me to get out of debt and stay out of debt, and I ran my business in a very different way. I accumulated cash for the merchandise before I went out to buy the merchandise. So I had no debt of any kind. All of a sudden, I'm having to pay lawyer bills, and every month there's two or $3,000 that I'm having to pay to these lawyers, my lawyers. It was going to cause me to go back in debt, which I knew God didn't want me to go back in debt. One day I was reading the Bible, and I came across a scripture that just burned through me. It is in Isaiah I believe it's 54, verse 17. It is Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. Does this scripture apply to me? This is what I was asking God. And I looked at it and I thought, well, I'm a Christian now. I'd only been a Christian a few months when I when this happened. It says, no weapon that's formed against me will prosper. This lawsuit is definitely a weapon against me. And if it will not prosper, why do I need these attorneys? Why don't I just go to court without any attorney and speak for myself? For it says, Every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, which I was by that time. And their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. Is the history is the Bible a history book? Is it just about God or is it does it have a power of God? This was another question I needed to answer. So my thought was, I will dismiss my attorney, stop all this money from bleeding out of my business, and plan to just go and represent myself at court. I was such a new Christian at that time, I decided maybe I should discuss this with my pastor, but I already knew what I was going to do. But I went to my pastor, and as I drove out to meet with my pastor, I was praying for him. God, please give him wisdom. When I told him what was going on, he looked at me and he said, Joan, I perceive that you have the faith to do this this way. I called my pastor, I called my, my uh, lawyer and told him about this scripture. And I said, I am a Christian and this will not prosper against me. Therefore, I have decided to go to court without any human legal counsel. And he said, oh, Joan, you can't do this. He said, you don't realize how evil these courts are. You just can't do this. I said, well, Either this scripture is true, and the Bible is true, or it is a history book. And if the Bible is just about God and not true and not powerful, I don't want anything to do with it if it's just a history book telling about God. So I said, he said, 
Well, Joan, it will only take about $10,000 more to try your case. And I said, Gordon, stop. Don't do anything else. $10,000 more. I probably had less than $2,000 at that time. $10,000 more in legal fees? I said, Gordon, don't do another thing. It's over. About a week later, Gordon came into my shop, and he said, Joan, we have decided at the law office. This was a big office, uh, 28th floor of Bryan Towers in downtown Dallas, and lots of lawyers. He said, we have decided to try your case without any further cost to you. I stared at him. I didn't hear the word God in that statement. I didn't hear him saying anything like, because of God, we have decided to try your case without any other legal cost to you. So I said to Gordon, I'm going to have to find out and get back with you on this. He left my business and I started praying. God, what do you want me to do? The Holy Spirit in me reminded me of a scripture which showed me what God wanted me to do. That's one of the things the Holy Spirit does is bring to our memory everything Jesus has said. The Holy Spirit searches the heart of God to reveal to us the will of God on these specific issues of this current life. I'm quoting two scriptures to you, John chapter 14, verse 26, and 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Both of these tell what the Holy Spirit does. So, I was reminded of a scripture, and I'll look this one up and tell you right now which scripture it was. The king of Sodom offered a reward to Abraham. And Abraham said, I have lifted up mine hand unto the Lord, the Most High God, the possessor of heaven and earth, that I will not take from a thread even to a shoe latchet, and that I will not take anything that is thine, lest thou should say, I have made Abraham rich. That's in Genesis 14, verse 23, and that's what I was reminded of. I knew God was saying to me, don't take this free legal service. So I contacted my lawyer and told him I could not take the free legal service. I was terrified, but God kept giving me scriptures to encourage me in the way I was going. I think I had a total of about 14 scriptures accumulated from the Holy Spirit that God had given me to comfort me and encourage me. I recorded those scriptures on a cassette tape, both sides of a cassette tape. When I went to bed at night, I played that tape, and I would fall asleep to the tape of the scriptures. When I awoke during the night, I would turn the tape over and start it playing again. I lived that way for maybe six weeks, maybe longer. Six days before we were scheduled to go to trial 
I received a phone call from the lawyer of the man who was suing me. And he said, I'm calling you because you don't have a lawyer. He said, I'm calling you to tell you that this man, our client, dropped all charges. Six days before we were to go to trial. He said, we always told him he had no reason to sue you, but he wouldn't listen to us. He was like a madman. I said, well, did he drop the charges against me or against everybody? The lawyer said he cut everybody loose. This really fits with everything I know about God. We who belong to God are a blessing to other people. Because of us, everyone is blessed. So I have had very serious trials testing the Word of God. Over 40 years of time, I have seen scripture after scripture rise up by the Holy Spirit who is in me and giving me that scripture to give me courage and faith and endurance. Never once has the scripture failed me in 40 years. So what should we do about tomorrow? What God's taught me to do is to take everything, if there's any concern whatsoever, about an appointment or something of tomorrow or maybe an unseen fear, like, ooh, you're getting old and you're not going to have enough money. Bring all of that to God in prayer, step by step, case by case, item by item. Settle it by God, by turning to Him in prayer with God. And I still get afraid. Just this week, I got afraid on something that some vanity, some lying vanity, telling me what was going to happen to me that was bad. We all have that happen. What God has taught me to do is turn to Him. Help me with this. What about this? Is there anything I need to do right now about this? Most of the time, I'm shown there isn't anything I need to do right now about this issue. Sometimes God gives me a scripture to calm me down. I've had various dreams that have shown me that it's going to be all right. I've had things like that. I can tell you there is not one thing that I'm dreading about tomorrow, and I'm 82 years old. I have fallen two or three times and had operations twice and been in rehab hospitals for several months, two months, two and a half months on the last time I was in a rehab hospital. I can't walk right now. I can walk with a walker enough to get to the bathroom. That's as much as I walk. I hardly ever leave my room, and I do not have one thing troubling me about tomorrow because I take it to God in prayer. This is what I know Christians are supposed to do. I have a cousin who is currently 97 years old. Her husband died about 10 years ago. 
she said recently to me, I do really well during the day, but at night I get lonely and I have trouble at night. And I said to her, if you will just call on God and ask him for help, you he will. He'll help you. She's a Church of Christ member and has been a Church of Christ member for 97 years. Well, literally, she's been taken to church since she was a baby. She says she's a Christian, but she doesn't apply Scripture. How do I know? Because the next time she wrote to me, she said, I do well in the day, but I get so lonely at night. She didn't apply the Scripture at all. In closing today, let's look at Philippians chapter 4. The thing about this is, I don't find this unusual with people who say they're Christians. I don't find it unusual to see people who go to church two and three times a week and have no faith, do not know how to apply Scripture. It's a sad thing, but I would say my cousin's case is more common than it is to find somebody who shows faith. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Paul says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. Now, isn't that exactly what I'm saying on this recording? Let your, if there's anything troubling you, pray. Ask God for help. Don't live in dread. Don't live with all these cares and concerns about what might happen to you in the future when you don't have to. Turn to God in prayer and ask him if there's anything you need to do today about tomorrow on this subject. Ask him to give you something to help you. He will. And there is another scripture which says, Casting all your care on him, for he careth for you. God cares for you. Anything call to your mind from God, focus on that. Take that and just let it get deep into you by meditating on it day and night. Focus on it. I realize you might be driving as you're listening to this recording, this broadcast, but I have taken every scripture from this broadcast and have written each scripture out and have put it on our blog. So you can go to our blog and see every scripture of today's broadcast. The name of our blog is Jesus Ministries Exhortations. On the right-hand side of the homepage, you will see podcast recordings and scriptures. You can hear this recording again if you want to. Underneath, on that same page, when you bring it up, Every scripture will be there. So as I'm speaking, you can read every scripture that has been on this. I speak by the Holy Spirit, meaning I don't plan these broadcasts ahead of time. I might know I'm going to do one section of scripture on this, but I don't have it planned out. I depend on the Holy Spirit to call to my mind the things that you need to hear. So this is from God to you. This is the Holy Spirit to you. Therefore, I want you to have all these scriptures. So 
Go to our blog, Jesus Ministries Exhortations. Be sure and put that word exhortation on there. For otherwise, there are several Jesus Ministries that will come up, and it won't be what I'm talking about, the blog that I'm talking about. So you have to put Jesus Ministries Exhortation into your internet search box. Then go to podcast and look for this broadcast that's on dealing with thoughts, dealing with tomorrow by prayer. You can do this. You can do this. This is great treasure. Great treasure. All you have to do is get those scriptures, maybe listen to this recording once again, and focus on those scriptures, and then later just keep the scriptures before you day and night. Read them before you go to bed. Think about them. Let that build inside you. Build a deep root system inside you on the Word of God until you can actually do it. And start praying over those things you dread. Right now, think of if you have any dread whatsoever, start praying about it. This is Joan Boney speaking, and with that I'm going to conclude today. And I do thank you for allowing me to speak to you. Again, our blog name is Jesus Ministries Exhortations.